telling us something and we could nod at you. And you asked me five minutes later what you told me. I don't know, but I know what the score was when you were talking. <laughs> so we got to figure all this out. So God help us. And maybe, maybe you say, Brett, this is what my family's like. Winston Churchill was quoted saying these immortal words. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. If that's your family life, yikes. But you might say, you know, that's kind of what's been happening. Well, here I want to, if nothing else today, to give you some hope. Because with God, all things are possible. And sometimes we just get into where we get off on the wrong foot. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or you get out on the, quote, quote, the wrong side of the bed or whatever, and it starts just a downhill onslaught of a lot of things. But we can get out of that with the Lord's help. Truth is, Proverbs contains a lot of wisdom for daily living, and it helps us in all of our relationships, not just our our married life, but if you're single or whatever, it'll help you in that and everything that you do. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend is always loyal. A brother is born to help a time of need. We have social media today. It's different than when maybe when I was growing up. We didn't have that when I was growing up. Today, if somebody makes you mad and you're on Facebook, you can simply have the courage on the computer because you never have to face them to just click unfriend them. And, you know, sometimes you find out, oh, they unfriended me because now you get a friend request because maybe later they forgot and they friend you again. I don't know. But, you know, we have all of these different devices on social media to make things, I guess, easier or whatever we think is easier. Or actually, when I was growing up, and you might say, I wasn't growing up when you were growing up. Because, you know, back in that day, there were dinosaurs when I was growing up. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm only 58. But if I was going to unfriend them, here's the good chance. I probably never would have been their friend in the first place if mom had anything to do with it. I might have been their acquaintance, but we weren't hanging out. Come on. Because somehow moms just have this radar, and they know what's going on. You could tell your mom anything, but you know what? It's just like mom goggles. She's seeing through whatever you're telling her. I've had Sam tell me, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Big crocodile deer's eyes. Dad, I didn't do it. Kim sticks her head around the corner and says, he's lying. And I'm looking at him, and I'm, I'm believing everything he's pulling out. You know, this is one of my fault. And they'll come to find out, yeah, okay, that was true. You know, she knew it all along. It's something that we could say is maybe God has given gifts to mothers. He's just doing that. The man may be the head of the house, but how many knows the woman is the neck that turns the head? She is the temperature of the house, the gauge, the thermometer. It sets it at the mood of the house, how it feels. If, if, if it's chilly, it might be, whoo, she's on edge. Then the house feels like, whoo, it's a little chilly in here. So I thought to myself, if we could come up with a mom rule book, what would it be? Now, I've only listed about five in here. I'm sure the book could go on for a long time, but I put five in here quickly. And I'll go through maybe a little bit of my life and my mother, and she's here. But I'm up here and she's down there. I'm out of reach. Here's number one in the mom rule book, watch your mouth. Did your mom ever tell you to watch your mouth? She would might say it this way. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Zip it. Keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 12, 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. You see, when we say stuff, words are powerful. Good words are great. 
They go and do what they're supposed to do, but when you get emotional, and there's nothing wrong with having emotions, but controlling those. We've been talking about fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes you can't say everything on your mind. You say everything on your mind, you will be mindless because no, you'll have no friends. You'll have nobody. You know, you all looking at me like you're all so holy. <laughs> Don't you want to, when someone comes up and says, hey, do you like my hair? Don't you want to say what you really think? Some of you don't even want to nod to me right now. <laughs> no, and it really, it's really their choice or whatever, but sometimes that's, you know, that is the case. You want to go, oh, man, you look, but why? I had a guy one time, remember when Isley's was right on uh, 95? Remember the old Isley building or, that was there? Well, the old Isley building was across from the other place we used to have church. But anyway, <clears throat> I remember sitting there in the morning single, uh, and a guy walked in, uh, nothing wrong, you know, you want purple hair, that's okay, I don't care. Spiked hair, purple hair, pierced all over, tattoos, and that was back in the day that that wasn't as common. You can see it a lot more common now, and he, he walks in the, the store. Everybody in the restaurant turns around and looks at him, and he sits right beside me. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, I can't help but notice him. And this is what he says. What are you looking at? And this is my response. I'm looking at you. Why? Because your hair's purple and you're spiked and I hadn't seen that. I didn't say it was wrong. I'm just saying it was unusual. Does that make sense to anybody? I'm just saying if you want to look unusual, that's your choice. But you're going to cause people to look and then don't go, what are you looking at? My mom, if she was there, she'd say, turn your head. Don't look over there. Don't stare. It's not nice to st- don't look over here. Look over here. Good eyes. Follow that. Here's our second thought. Don't lose your cool. Proverbs 14, 29. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Raising kids sometimes isn't always easy because they do things you don't expect. They do things maybe that, you know, you don't do or you don't, you know, you ever thought, they'll never do that. They'll never. My son would never climb that tree. Where's he at? He's up in the tree. Your kids, certain kids, I mean, we've had four children, we've had five all together, but four, and they're kids that just know how to push your buttons. You ever have kids that know how to push your buttons? They know exactly what buttons to push. They can send you from zero to 60 like that. And there are buttons that push that send her there, and those buttons may not send me there. And then there's those buttons that will send both of us there. If we both go there at the same time, the party is definitely over. Usually, when we were raising the kids, it would be one or the other, and we could kind of help control the other's emotions a little bit. I got this. I got this. Maddie, out of the four kids, if you would look up strong will in the dictionary, you would find Maddie's name. That girl, she will run this country someday. I'm telling you. She's, she'd be just like, mm, she will. That is her way. And I'm doing that. I mean, I told you the story on the way to church. She took her shoes off six times. She got spanked six times on the way to church. And the kids are like, why? Why, Maddie? I, I really don't know that she knows. Other than, I didn't, I want my shoes off. But Maddie would have a strong will. And, and, and a long story short, my parents used to live in Florida. They live here in Ohio now. And they were coming back from Florida, and they were due to come and stay at our house. 
And we homeschooled our kids, and so Maddie did not like math. And I, I, I understand, I was never a big math fan. But Kim was up getting ready and doing some stuff. She said, you get to, uh, you know, you get to teach her math. Well, I'm trying to teach her math. She acts like she has no concept of whatever I'm teaching her. I mean, like, she doesn't even know, like, one and one is two. I mean, she acts like that. I'm like, so I'm yelling up the steps, honey, she doesn't know this. Comes the voice, oh, yes, she does. Oh, no, she doesn't. Oh, yes, she does. Down here teaching. And you know, and I'm telling her, Maddie, you gotta learn this. And she just acts like she doesn't know it. An hour and a half we keep this facade up. An hour and a half. I mean, and then my my boys are watching for my parents to come. And Sam comes back from the window. He goes, They're here, they're here. And I had told Maddie just before, you will not play with grandma and grandpa till you get this math done. So Sam comes, they're here, they're coming up the drive. And I said, Maddie, she grabbed that paper and listen, uh, this is God's honest truth, in two minutes, did every one of those problems. But she made me sit there for an hour and a half acting like she didn't know how to do it. And she was done. She just slid the paper back to me and goes, you ever see Jackie Gleason with Alice? To the moon, man. You just, I don't understand. You're going to have to learn how to keep your cool. And she, you know, Kim would just say, yeah, yeah. But she knew how to handle her. I hadn't handled her that much with that before. Our third thought this morning, get good sound advice. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans go wrong with lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Stay in the word. When you have children, you have people that come up and tell you how to raise your kids. Some people will come up and tell you how to raise your kids. They don't have kids. Something wrong with that. Don't take advice from people that have been married 17 times. They probably don't have it down. Just saying. But hang around people that's going to give you good advice. Or even the people, at least they're humble and said, hey, I made this mistake. Don't do that. Or, or this is what we did. You know, whatever. Grab some good stuff. Throw away the bones. Everything that you hear is not going to work for you. But some good stuff will. Communication is key. Keep connected to your church to good people, to people that are helping you, praying for you, and people that you can learn from. Teamwork. That's a whole other language. Men and women are different. We all know that. Whether you're a mom or whether you're just a lady or whether you're a dad or you're just a guy. We all different. We speak different languages. You know, we all have different. There's the love language. You know, there's all those. There's five different love languages. There's all these kind of things. We all speak differently. Communication. I'm going to give you some things of what she says and what she means. If she says, we need to go over here and we need to do this, what she means is you need to get over there and do whatever she said we need to do. How many guys know what I'm talking about? If she says it's your decision... You ought to know she means the correct decision should be obvious to you by now. (laughs) If she says, do you love me? She means I'm going to ask you for something expensive. If she says, I'll be ready in a minute. Guys, you can kick off your shoes and find a good game on TV. But we all know that works the other way because I'll say, babe, I'll be ready to go. There's just two minutes left in this game. And she said, right. Those two minutes will take 30 minutes or so to play. 
If she says, we're all going to buy, you know, I, I want to go shopping. I know exactly what I'm going to get. I'm just going to get a soap dish. I'll be in and out. Goes without saying that you're going to go to the cosmetics, the shoe department, look at new purses. Those sheets would go great in the bedroom. And did you bring your wallet? Now, if we go to the guy's side, if he says what, if he says this, this is what he means. If he says, I'm hungry, usually he means, I'm hungry. If he says, I'm tired, he usually means, I'm tired. If he says what's wrong the first time, he means, I don't see why you're making such a big deal out of this. If he says what's wrong the second time, he's meaning, what meaningless self-inflicted psychological trauma are we going to go through now? <laughs> if he said what's wrong the third time, he said, I guess there's probably no way we're going to do any kissing tonight. <laughs> probably not a good chance. <laughs> We all talk differently. They used to say, uh, you know, if you want to get to a man's heart, you got to go through his. This isn't always true for a woman. She will stop eating a big, big Mac or a quarter pounder when it's just half done. I've already finished mine. I'm wanting to know if she's going to finish hers. First, when I saw Kim, I went to, her, to you know, I was just getting over to her house and, and I met her mom and dad and they were wonderful and they just treated me wonderful and. And she said, Mom's making supper, and, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, all right. You know, and it's kind of odd, you know, you're, you're, I don't, you don't know them very well, obviously. And then I remember Charlotte, she made me two big hamburgers. Not just one. Three. Is that three? <laughs> Dose. <laughs> Trace. <laughs> I like that church. He's a brainiac. <laughs> two she made me two of them and they were big and they were i mean they were awesome and she made me fries and the plate was just like a bountiful of blessing and then she said here and then the coup de gras of everything kim goes into the refrigerator you guys will remember this you could buy pepsi in a bottle and pulled the pepsi out and took the thing and went and that little fizzy steamy thing comes out and she hands me this ice cold pepsi and my first thought, do I have to share it? Because when I grew up, we only got Pepsi once or twice a year, and we had to share it. And, and, and Kim looks at me, and she goes, share it? No, it's yours. And her mom and dad said, if you drink that one, just open the refrigerator. There's plenty more. I thought I was in heaven. So I was already thinking, I need to marry this woman. So, you know, some of that is, you know, it is, it, it, it was a wonderful situation. But guys and girls, they think differently. Moms think differently. Our forethought is guard the door. Now, certainly the husband is the priest of the home. I understand that. And guys, we need to stand up and, and take our duty. We need to stand and watch what comes in our house. And be the man of the house and do all the things that God wants us to do. And I get that and protect and, and all of that. But mom has this other sense. She knows, she understands what guard the door means. Proverbs 17, 1 says, better a dry crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. Proverbs 17, 14, starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate to stop it before the dispute breaks out. She understands that if we let things go, then they'll just grow. She would rather guard the door. Get the elephant out of the room, so to speak. Let's just deal with this now. Let's get this over with so we can go on, so life can be good. 
We don't want to hold grudges. See, one of the things that we need as families, whether you're a mom or dad or just single or whatever, we all need forgiveness. Because if you live in this life and you're breathing air, you're going to need to forgive people. Because again, remember when I said the computer is is just real easy? People can get real bold on Facebook and everything, get real political, and they slam everybody and all that stuff. You know what? We need to watch ourselves. We need to forgive. We need to be able to say, you know what? You don't do everything right. I don't do everything right. Nobody does. Start asking yourself, God, who do I need to forgive? Because am I... If I can stop it at the door, then I can, I can go forward. Sometimes we've had to work together, Kim and I. We've had to, to go and make sure that you know, we were just on the same page. We had each other's back. We were holding each other up. Nobody else in the room would know anything. But just us, this communication between a husband and a wife, just, you know, maybe there were some things going on that was just a struggle, and we had to be in different places. And when we first you know, went and we had our, our stillborn baby and we had to get, go through the holidays. And so we made this pact between each other. And we said, listen, if you're ever struggling and we're in the middle of all the family and, and we're doing our best, you come over and you just squeeze my hand a couple times. I'll know exactly what that means and, and we'll do whatever we need to do. And so either of us could do that. And that might just mean maybe an extra hug or uh, just a little more attention for the next few moments just to kind of get us through that, that bump. Can you, can you understand what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things where you just kind of work together. But that's something that we didn't just really create. God did that. And I believe he really started doing that through mothers. You've heard Kim talk about, you know, at night she, the kids, you know, would be sick or something and we'd pray. And I just, I mean, I'm, I don't make apologies for this because I would just believe in my faith. We prayed, it's done. That's just how I viewed it. So I could go to sleep because I already prayed. I believe God did it. It's done. We go to sleep. Something about a mom, she believed that too, but she wanted to see it happen. She wanted to be with the child while all that was happening. Does that make any sense? I could get up in the middle of the night. I'd reach over, and she wouldn't be there. And I'd get up, and there's a couple times I remember sneaking in. And this little girl that we said was so strong-willed, if she had a fever or any of the boys or, or Mal or whatever, there she would be. Sometimes she'd be asleep in the chair beside their bed. Other times she didn't even know I was watching, and she'd be combing their hair while they were sleeping. There's something that can be said about something that God puts in a mama that does those kind of things, that puts their child or whatever in front of their own self. Moms will guard the door. I think she figures it's easier to kick it out when it's in the doorway than once it gets clear in the house. <clears throat> i got to tell you this story. I don't know why I never even thought of it, and I feel like I need to share this. This is before J.D. was in my life, Justin, Mal's husband. Mal, because, you know, she's like her mama. She's just, she's always pretty and all that. There were a lot of people that wanted to see Mal, and they had to come through Big Dog. That would be me. And we had one gentleman that came in, and he... He, he liked Mal, and we weren't real sure about him. We hadn't met Justin yet, um, or we knew about Justin, but Justin hadn't made, a, hadn't made a play for Mal yet. And this guy had come in, and I'm not saying he's not a good guy. I'm, I'm sure he was, but the way he was acting, 
Big Dog was having a lot of trouble. And at this point, there was a point in that meeting, he was in our living room, and I thought, why did I let him in the house? And this is a true story. I was getting up, I, I had in my hand a pillow where I was sitting. Now, if you can picture this, I was about to hurl it at his face, and I was going to get up, grab him by the shirt collar and the seat of his britches, and show him the door. And she knows I was about, I mean, I was all like, I was just, and I, she walked in the room, she goes, Brett Allen! <laughs> yes? <laughs> what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to throw a pillow at that guy! Throw him out of my house. He didn't stay that long, and he left, and thank God, Justin came around. Justin figured out, I'm not giving that guy any more time than he needs, and the next thing I know, we have the man of her dreams. And so that was the guy that was on the announcements uh, with Ron. But anyway, I'm just saying, guard the door. Guard the door. Here's... Here's our last one. Laugh and have fun. It's your choice. Proverbs 17, 22. Cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So God wants you to have fun. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to have a joyful life. He wants you to laugh. He wants your kids to have memories. One of the things I love to do is with my, with my kids, that's, you know, you've heard the stories of me in the, the goofy Christmas Eve nightgown. Every year, Christmas Eve, he's got the gown on. You don't want to see me in that gown. It's not pretty. But the kids loved it because as they were little, every year we made that special. We built tents. We had flashlights. I told the Christmas story. I had to have that gown on. But almost every night of their life till they got so old, I had to tell them stories. I, I made up stories. I made up characters for them and who they were. And we did all these things and sound effects. Why? Because there was something inside that said, you know what, I want you to have a life. I want you to know I believe in you. And I believe in what God has got for you. And that's one of the things I can say about my mother. My mother always believed in me. Before I ever knew I was doing this, she was already telling me, you're going to be a preacher. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. You can fight it. But you're going to be a preacher. And now she's sitting out there going, mm-hmm, told you. God wants us to have fun. He wants us to have fun. Some of the funnest times we've had were just with Kim and I and the kids, and we were just laughing and having all kinds of fun. We sat at a table in Fairborn. I was on staff at a church, Assembly of God Church in Dayton. And I still remember Zach's face to this day. I was talking to Zach, and we always had family devotions at our supper table. That's when we did them. It was the easiest. And we always did family prayer at night, and we, we did that. And that's a whole other story. But we, we did that as a family. And I remember watching Zach. I was talking to him. And out of nowhere, green jello slapped the side of his head and stuck to his face. And I, I remember his face was like, well, we looked, because we were thinking, that's got to be Sam. Could it be Mao? I mean, her halo shines bright, but could she do that? But we looked at Sam. wasn't Sam. It wasn't Mao. It would have been Maddie, but it wasn't. It was Kim. Which made it all the more fun. They looked at each other. It was just like, and there was this silence. Like, you could hear a pin drop. Their mouths were clear open, and then jello started flying everywhere. And there was a jello war on. 
to this day, I remember months after, we were cleaning that place at different times, just cleaning, and we'd find speckled dry green jello in the weirdest places. Make some memories. Build a snowman with your children at one in the morning or something if they don't have school the next day or whatever. Do something that will cause you to go, you know what, this is a life worth living. Moms have instilled belief in their children. Teacher gave her second grade class a lesson on the magnet and what it does. The next day in a written test, she included the question, my full name has six letters. The first one is M and I pick up things. What am I? Over 50% of the papers turned in. The teacher was surprised to find out that the class had answered mother, not magnet. When we're young, we need examples of how to live and how to have fun and how to just laugh and, and to take life with, with both fists and both hands. I mean, just get involved and do things the right way. With my children, we've decided when, we, when they were little, we would show them about Jesus by the way we lived. And I've had people, I've counseled many people, and people said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to make my kids go to church. I'm going to let them choose. Really. Are they able to understand all of the implications that go with that? Now, once they're uh, past my roof, so to speak, they, they grow up, they don't want to go to church, I, all I'll do is I'll pray for them. Because I love them. But what we did with our children is, you're going to church. It's what we do. You're living here. That's who we are. And we go to church. And so we, we did that. What are you saying, Brett? I'm saying sometimes choices like that, the major choices that are going to involve your life, they need your help. Kids need your help. They need your direction. You know, I, was, I didn't make the smartest choices. When I was a kid... I decided I thought I could fly. This is a true story. I put on a cape, went up 15 stairs, and thought, if I believe hard enough, I can fly. Of course, I had to have the cape. Everybody knows that. Down the stairway to the left was the dining room door. To the right was the kitchen. I decided to go to the left because if I'd go to the right, I'd have to pull up. Nobody wants to do that if you're Superman. Go to the left, I can go out the screen door. I even had the door open so that I could go right out the screen door, fly around the house, come back. I was convinced. Yeah, I know, and you're sitting here letting me teach you. I get it. I understand. <laughs> it was about the fifth step that I realized my plan was not working. Had my mom made that choice for me, I never would have made that jump. So growing up, sometimes our moms told us what we'd choose. I love to play football. At night, she'd come into my room, and instead of pulling a teddy bear off of me, she would pull a football off of me and peel my helmet off my head because I love football. Then I'd want to go play football, but my mom said, no, you don't choose to play football today. You choose to mow the yard. I do? Yeah, you do. It's a good thing I listened to my mom. I'd look silly mowing the yard in all my football outfit. So you see, sometimes we just need a leading hand. Somebody that will guide us and that can help us. Let me just say, if you're a student or, or maybe, uh, I don't like how, you know, I, I could honestly say, at least in most cases, parents do the best they can with what they got. 
If I could go back, there'd be things I would do different with my children that I probably, you know, we, we just told our kids, we didn't know. So, you know, we, we just said, no, you, you can't watch that. You can't do that. We, you know, this is where we were at. We, we just wanted to protect you. There's so many times that I think our moms have been right. And we just thought they didn't have a, a grasp I want to leave a legacy with my kids and with my grandkids that they never have to know or doubt the direction that I chose, the way to go. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. I want my kids to see a trail that I helped blaze, that my Father blazed before me. We need to learn basics. I learned a lot from my mother. See if you can catch some of these. I learned logic from my mother. She said things like this. If you fall off that swing, break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. If everyone else jumps off a cliff, would you? I learned about medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, your face will freeze that way. I learned to think ahead. If you don't pass your spelling test, you'll never get a good job. I learned to meet a challenge. What were you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you. I learned that life doesn't always make sense. She would say things like this. Shut up and answer me. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. I got to tell you a story again. And I was born in 1960. Back in the day, how many remember when flip-flops were called thongs? Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know where I'm going. You've seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? Watch out. All right. No, I'm not going that far. But <clears throat> I, I, you know, I was uh, helping with the youth, and... <laughs> I still, to this day, remember my daughter and the young lady she was standing beside. Every, all, it seemed like all these kids, it was summertime, had what we call now flip-flops on. And, but I said, hey, everybody, you guys are all wearing thongs. We should have a thong day. To which my daughter went, dad! And I'm like, what? What'd I say? I wear thongs. Your mom wears thongs. <laughs> I mean, you might as well. I'm just digging myself a hole. But that's what they were called. That's what we called them. My mom even said, we're going to the beach. Get your thongs. That's a word picture you don't need. I'm just saying. We've grown a lot. I learned humor from my mom. If the lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. You don't mow the yard in thongs. No kidding. The neighbors, he's already out there again. I learned about receiving. Boy, are you going to get it. I learned about anticipation. You just wait till your father gets home. My dad always came home. 
I could hear my dad's truck from miles away. I knew when he was coming home, and there were 15 steps that went up to my room, and I could count them because I'd be up there waiting till my dad got home because evidently it was worse than thongs. <laughs> I learned about justice. One day when you have kids, they're going to be just like you, and I'm going to be there to see it. Oh, don't you love your mama? Seriously, we need to listen to the wisdom that our fathers and mothers gave to us. How about this? Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Those little things that moms would help us to do. You know, we didn't care us growing up as a kid. And my, my boys would, they just were boys. They just get stuff all over them. When they, how many kids when you were growing up, you ate your peanut butter and jelly sandwich from the middle and the sides went up? They get peanut butter and jelly all over. My boys did the same thing. That's half the fun. They just, you know, would eat like that. And now Maddie used to call wipes WAPs. I need to WAP. <laughs> Give me a WAP. And so we started calling, hey, did we bring any WAPs? No, we got them back next to the thongs. They're right back in the back. You'll see them back there. <laughs> but, you know, when I was growing up, there were no such thing as WAPs. You know what my mom's wipe was? <laughs> With a tissue. Wiping your face or... And she didn't care if any of your friends were there or not, did she? No, no, she did not. Because moms just believed in you no matter what. I got my Eagle Scout. And that was a big ceremony. Parents got to come and everything. And, you know, it's a big deal to get an Eagle Scout. So I was like, yeah. Well, on the way up there, my mom wants to grab my hand and skip. And Eagle Scouts don't skip, Mom. Not in front of all their friends. She just... She'd just look at me and just, oh, well. It didn't change her feeling or her love. Psalm 1, 1 through 6. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of wicked or stand around with sinners or join with mockers. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They'll be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Today, my friends, I challenge you to be the person that God wants you to be. Be the person that your mama raised you to be. Do the right thing. Sometimes I would, I'd like, mommy. But, you know, if you could peel back the layers of onion, maybe she didn't do it right as far as what I thought was cool. But rarely was she wrong. She knew about friends. I'd say, this is so-and-so, and she'd say, I'm not sure about him. And I'd say, well, what's the matter with him? I don't know. I just don't want you to get too close to him yet. Let's just, let's just watch him for a bit. And I'd be, Mom. It's come out to find out she'd be right about something. And it'd just be, I mean, I, I had a friend in my life that, you know, was really close to me. 
And then we just started growing apart. Did you ever have that? But my mama saw it first. She said, he's changing. Something's, something's not like it was before. She said, I want, you to, I want you to be careful. And I'd say, Mom, I've known him for years. And she was right. We just grew apart. Because the things that he got involved in, I wasn't going to get involved in. There's something about a mother's voice that can speak into your life. Honestly, you know, I'm 58. I've been clear away from my parents at different times, and there's been times that things have happened in my life. And there's two voices. Well, three. Number one would be God that I'd want to hear. The second voice I'd want to hear would be my wife. The third voice that I would listen to would be my mom. And obviously my, my kids are, I don't, I'm not, not giving them place. You know they would fit in there as well. But I'm just saying they're, they're people that God places in your life. Maybe they didn't do everything the way that you think they should have or the way that they think they should have. But I found out that sometimes we don't know all the things that our parents went through. When we were growing up, and I was growing up, my mom worked, my dad worked two jobs sometimes, and they were just trying to get ends to meet. You know what I'm saying? And, and so they were doing everything they could just to keep everything afloat. So life was an adventure to them. I challenge you today to do something that maybe, if you haven't, maybe you've already gone to. If you need to forgive, forgive. But maybe call your mom. Maybe just call her. What if she doesn't answer? If she has voicemail, then leave her a voicemail. If not, write her a letter, put it in the mail. You know, sometimes getting a letter like that, not by computer, but just a genuine letter, is cool. You know, I wrote my mom a card today, and I, I gave it to her. I wrote it the other day, but I gave it to her today, and she took that card and looked at it, and, and I'm sure, you know, hopefully she liked what was on the inside of it. And, you know, but I meant everything that I said. It took me a minute to write it. It took me a minute to think. I mean, it didn't take me a minute to feel it, but just to, how can I put it in words? And, you know, and... And it comes to those kind of things. Sometimes words aren't really enough, but your heart will do it. Just put your heart there. I gave my wife uh, a Mother's Day card. And, you know, she's my, outside of God, my driving force, my inspiration. She does not know the, if you know Pastor Kim, she does not know, no. We can't do that. She does not know those phrases. She will go, oh, yes, we can. We will find a way. She is like the unsinkable Molly Brown. If I go to her and say, we can't do it, it's not going to work, she will figure out a way to make it work. I think that's something God puts inside. I want to challenge you today, love on your mom. And if you're here today and you say, my mom isn't with me anymore, she's with Jesus, or, then thank God for her. And maybe... Thank somebody that is a mother figure in your life or love on your kids if you're a mama. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?